Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's show. This week we are hitting a bit of the mental clutter. It's been a while since we've chatted about mental clutter but we are looking at the concept of FOPO and I really want to say FUPO but we'll get to that. Um, I was listening to some older episodes of the Imperfects podcast which is sensational and I love it Um, and in one of the episodes um, I heard the term FOPO mentioned and I had to rewind it do you still say rewind with a podcast? It's not exactly like a cassette, but you know, rewind. you we're Gen hit back. We're allowed to say rewind. Yeah, remember. yeah. Because um, I thought, did they say FOMO? And he and no, um, it was FOPO. And I had not heard that term before. So then I had to, you know, do a bit of Googling and, and find out a bit more about it. And the idea of FOPO is the fear of other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And we did a show on FOMO not that long ago, which was the fear of missing out. And I thought this would be a good little follow-up to talk about FOPO and the kind of toxic mental clutter that it creates and that we would probably all be better off without. Yeah, definitely. I think this is something that we all suffer from to some degree, some more than others. And I think you're right in that we would possibly or actually most probably be better off without FOPO or, yeah, FUPO. I can see why you want to say FUPO now. (laughs) It's two O's in it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it because the FOMO, fear of missing out, is FOMO, but fear of other people's opinions is an extra O. FUPO, FOPO, whatever you like. Have you you heard of the term before? I mean, obviously I've heard of the fear of other people's opinions because it's something that, is mentioned in a whole lot of happiness texts and it's actually mm-hmm. part of, well, a large part of the philosophy of Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fork. Um, and so I definitely mm-hmm. have read about the benefits of not caring what other people think, but I've never heard it used as a an acronym like FOPO. I've never heard that before. Let's dive into what exactly we're talking about. And I just want to clarify because it's not the more extreme end of the spectrum. So there is an actual phobia called, I'm pretty sure I'll mangle <laughs> this, but allodoxophobia. Well done. Does that That's sound what right? I would have said. Sound right? Allodoxophobia. If I say it quick, it won't sound so bad. <laughs> um, which is a genuine phobia of other people's opinions. And that's a diagnosable psychological condition which manifests as like deep irrational concern or anxiety about answering questions in public or participating in social activities because people are genuinely fearful and afraid of other people's judgment. And that phobia can be really isolating and the people who have it suffer greatly um, and it can especially affect their professional life and career and that kind of thing as well. So that allodoxophobia, I'm going to keep saying it now that I've mastered it, um, falls under the category of like quite a rare and unusual social phobia. But that's, we're not talking that extreme. We're just talking more generally about worrying or being conscious or sensitive about what other people are thinking about us. Yep. And it's one of those things that I still, I remember having this or I remember, yeah, yeah, having this 
even as a child, you know, I just have these memories of wearing something that my mum dressed me in and being embarrassed that I was in it and worrying about what other people thought of me when they saw me and stuff like that. So this is something I'm quite familiar with. Thankfully, yeah, as I've gotten absolutely. older, I'm giving less forks, but it's definitely something that's been part of my life. Yeah, I think I think there must be something that comes with age. Mm. And I don't know if it's wisdom or just... You're just tired? <laughs> Maybe we're just tired. It's like, like we don't have the energy to care enough anymore. Yeah. It's like, you know what? There's I have a certain number of spoons in the day and I cannot give spoons to what that person thinks about how I just parallel parked. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. So let's, okay, let's talk about why it's a problem because obviously it exists and I'm pretty sure everyone listening will Hmm. have some connection or experience of worrying about what other people think of them. So why why is it a problem? Oh, I'm meant to answer this one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you could answer this, can't you, Yes. Um. I think probably the the most obvious one that pops to mind for me is that it affects our confidence and our uh, our desire to put ourselves out there or to really do much at all that could draw attention to ourselves. So um, with it affects our confidence, it affects our self worth. Um, And so that can then cause low self esteem issues, which has another whole raft of symptoms and problems um, that that causes too. One of the the things that I, um, the guy who was talking about this on the Imperfects podcast, which was Ben Crow, I think that's his name. Um, I'm sure that's his name. Um, I'll put a link to the show below. So anyone that wants to listen to that show that I'm referring to can go um, and have a listen. But he was talking about FOPO interfering with our ability to be our authentic selves, Mm. which it's a bit like you said, you know, we're less likely to put ourselves out there. Um, Because when you are living your life trying to please other people or appease them or manage what others see and think about you, you kind of end up conforming to other people's desires or trying to fit into a box that we think society has created for us that, you know, Mm. is ideal. And we kind of lose track of who we are. We're so busy play acting or maintaining a facade or trying to keep everything together for appearances that we stop just being us, mm. which is kind of sad, really. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of the the women in the body image sort of movement arena of, you know, just put on the damn bikini and go and play with your kids. And what we do is we we stop doing things and stop being ourselves because we're afraid of judgment and I think that like you said it stops us from being who we really are and then experiencing life as we really are instead of as we think somebody thinks we should be like yeah and because we just we won't we don't seem to fully immerse ourselves or take risks or anything like that because we we're so worried about being negatively received mm. in some, and then the flow-on effects from being negatively received. And then you think, well, not putting ourselves out there might end up disguising what our talents are. Yeah. 
it might prevent us from living in accordance with our values or our beliefs. Like we're so worried about what other people are thinking that we, you know, put the stuff that's important to us or the things that we really want to do and embrace just to the bottom of our pile because we're scared. And yes. I don't know. I feel like we should get lessons in this in school or something when we're young <laughs> so that we don't waste so much of our lives worrying about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, though, that it's something that is going to happen to us anyway, regardless, because it is built into us to conform and to fit in and to be a part of a group of some kind. And it's it's something that from a, I guess, an evolutionary perspective, we are programmed to do. Yeah, so I did a little digging because I I wondered why we care so much. Like, where does this come from? And I didn't have the answers at all. So, um, and I was really surprised to find that it's quite an old concept. I guess if I, I thought about it, I might have, you know, come to that realization, but my initial feeling was it's it's social yeah. media. <laughs> it's so it's so I blame social yeah. media for everything. It's social media. But then I found um, a quote by a Roman Stoic philosopher, Marcus Aurelius, or you would say, oh, it doesn't matter. I say Aurelius, but they're both it correct. Sounds better when you say it. <laughs> um, yeah, a quote from him, which is like two thousand years old. Um, which is we all love ourselves more than other people but care more about their opinion than our own. And that didn't matter whether they were friends or strangers or enemies. So, you know, he's talking about it then. Um, And then I looked at a bit of evolutionary stuff like you mentioned and found that our brains kind of are hardwired to seek this connection and approval from others because, you know, way back when, in ancient times, if we weren't part of our clan or tribe, like you needed, it had to kind of be intrinsic for you to want to be accepted and part of a collective because being in a group um, meant safety mm. and security. And so being accepted and fitting in with your tribe would literally mean the difference between life and having food and provisions and shelter and that kind of thing and, and a community to help you acquire all of that and death and being left on the cold, in the middle of the desert, mm. <laughs> with no food, you know, if you were an outcast from your... So we kind of were hardwired to try and yeah. connect with people and fit in. And part of that was being concerned about what people thought of us so that we could... Comply. Um, yeah. Fit in. Yeah. yeah. The, the problem is that society has evolved from that, but our brains are still yeah. operating in that same, yeah. we, that same that, way. That, that old part of our brain has a, a lot to answer for. <laughs> it's like yes. it really does cause. Yes, it, it does. Really, you know, if we could have, no, that was a, I just had a really dumb idea, but like an amygdala sectomy. <laughs> But I think then we would be, um, we would have absolutely no regard for our safety (laughs) and we would have no instincts left and we would have to learn everything. Um, And anyway, but, you know, the idea, I actually think it has some merit (laughs) because it does, it causes us so much anxiety. It causes a lot of um, 
it's it's where um it's where anxiety disorders come from you know it's it's causing a lot of issues with us but anyway we can't have amygdala sectomies so um we maybe need to just try and do that in a more intelligent way of um reprogramming ourselves a little bit so it's a survival mechanism of our brain basically Mm. and so we can't get rid of it as much as we would like to and even though we can talk about it and logically we can think that we don't need that concern for what others think of us anymore um, and that we won't be cast out of our tribe and left hungry and freezing, it's still the fear. Um, when, when I think about it personally, it's the fear of feeling shame. Mm. And, like, shame is one of those insanely strong and, for me, probably the most uncomfortable emotion yeah, yeah. <laughs> to feel. Oh, yeah. and. Most of us know what shame feels like and would want to prevent ourselves oh, yeah. from I'd rather be ever. I'd rather be terrified than feel shame. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> all, you know, of- it is. It's awful. And so, you know, at a really, like, simplistic level, I think that we worry that if someone's opinion of us is negative, that they might publicly ridicule us or create some kind of situation which causes us to feel shame. Mm. And so we work very, very hard to avoid being in that situation, which means we walk around being concerned with everyone else's opinion as like a preventative measure from having to be exposed to the feelings of potential shame ever, yeah. which is but I crazy. Guess even, as well, even if you don't expect anyone to do anything publicly, I like we can be afraid of their thoughts. Like, yeah. just, like just this morning when I pulled my socks on and my trackies, to, and to drive Ethan, oh, I already had my socks on. So I put my trackies, I had my trackies on with socks that should not be worn with runners because they look stupid. And so when I went to take in the school, I threw my runners on and then I've looked down and I've gone, this looks stupid. It's, I'm, I won't be able to stop and get dog food. I'll have to go and get it later. That's like, and it's just like the colour of my socks. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have these green socks on and they just stand out with my black trackies and my black runners that I had on. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll go get dog food later <laughs> I won't I won't get on the way home and so it's just uh, and, and I know that no one would say to me oh my god your socks are so stupid <laughs> no one would say that no one like but and and even if they looked at even if someone noticed yeah. them which you're probably putting yourself up there if you, <laughs> yeah, people exactly. are taking time out of their day to look at your socks but they if I saw that it's like when we talked about singing in the supermarket people would probably be like well, check out her socks. Not like, <laughs> oh my gosh, who does she think she is? Like, what, what, you know, like full judgment. I can't imagine I would massively judge you. I might notice your socks and be like, whoa, hello. But that was probably where it would end. Or like, oh, I wouldn't I wear wouldn't. that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, we don't know that. We don't know what they're thinking. Mm. So how will that affect us? It and, just does anyway, though. It's really weird. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, th- I think... There's this quote, which I will, I'm sure I will mangle this as well. It's, I should have found it before we started talking, but it was something about, um, I'm sure I've said it on the show before, like in our 20s, that we're um, highly concerned about what people think of us. And in our 40s, we're less concerned about what people think of us. And then in our 60s, we realise no one was ever thinking about us anyway, (laughs) or something like that. You know, it's that whole thing of we invest so much time and effort in worrying about and trying to appease anyone's opinions of us and then the reality is no one's thinking about us anyway because everyone is so worried about their the color of their socks mm. they're not looking at your socks mm. you know mm. but 
it is funny and it affects so much of our behavior. It's like, I don't, I don't know that I've left the house without mascara on in like 20 years. Oh, really? I've, Which I've, is, I've, I will go out so with no makeup. <laughs> <clears throat> You'll get, you I, might get to the point that I am now in the last few years where I'm like, don't care. <laughs> like I could not shower, have feral hair, like um, no bra on, like, like, ridiculous clothing and you'd still as long put, as I mascara. put mascara on I feel like that's my it's like my safety it's like shield. a mask yeah Got, yeah I, I don't know and like who's even getting close enough to me when I'm ducking down to buy some eggs or something to even know that I've got mascara. I've probably got dark, my big dark sunglasses on anyway <laughs> yeah. to hide the fact of who I am uh, in this hideous outfit with the greasy hair <laughs> at the shops. So no one's even seeing my eyes. But I, I don't know. It's a thing. Mm. And I don't think I do it for me, which is funny. I don't think I put mascara on for my own benefit. Interestingly, people say to me, people have said to me before, and I've had this discussion with my mother because mum will not leave the house without wearing makeup. She, she'll walk the, before she walks the dogs, she'll put something on her face. And, and when I have this discussion with her or when I've had it with other people, the point always comes up as I do it for myself. It's like, no, you don't. Because if you lived on an island by yourself, you would not put your makeup on. If you're not walking the dogs, you're not putting your makeup on. It's only because you're leaving the house where there are people that you put the makeup on. Yeah. And it's and yes, we do do it so that we feel better, but we only feel better because we feel protected against judgment, which is all about other people. So we might be doing it to make ourselves feel better, but the reason we're doing it is other people, always. Anyone mm. who says I do it for mm. myself needs to think about that a little bit harder because they're actually not. And it's okay to not be doing it for yourself. Like it's okay. We, we all do it for other people. It's really normal and everybody changes themselves to suit other people or to avoid this shame or this judgment. But to, I think you're actually, I think we're kind of fooling ourselves if we say that we do it for ourselves because like you said, mm. you're not, you're doing it for you. You know, we all do. Yeah. And if I have a day at home, I don't, I won't necessarily put mascara on. Yeah. I just don't leave the house without yeah. it, which is ridiculous because my eyelashes look no different. They're, they're short and stubby and they just look black and short and stubby instead of blonde and short and stubby. <laughs> like, I don't, it's not logical. Uh, I, I think I, I feel like I look better with mascara on myself. And I think that's like ageing as well where all your pigment starts to disappear from your face. <laughs> Yeah, you just look like a ghost. Yeah, and you know, and my uh, lips are always a sh- lovely shade of corpse. You know, is my natural colour, <laughs> and so like, I, and I've got hooded eyelids, and as I'm getting older, like my eyes are getting saggier, and so mascara kind of helps with that a little bit. So it definitely, I reckon, it does make me look better wearing mascara. But but the point is, what is why? Why does better matter? I think you know why yeah, does it matter and- so much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just this whole thing of other people's opinions affecting our own behaviour is really Mm. and costing us money and costing us time. Like I have to go to the Mm. supermarket again now. Like I have to leave the house again now because I couldn't do the thing with the socks. And so I could have got dog food on the way home from the school drop-off, and it would have been done. And now I have to leave the house again because my socks were green. Not white or whatever. Um, so 
I do blame social media for most of the world's problems. Um, but here I certainly think it has not helped the situation. Oh, I because, totally agree. It's made it worse, yeah. Uh, like, what is social media but, like, a construct of ourselves? Like, we are creating our own personal brands and putting them out there for the world to view. And then it's, we, you know, we've talked about how it's the highlights reel and all of that, but we are literally asking other people's opinion yeah. on us. Like, here's a picture of whatever, comment on this and like <laughs> it or approve it. Like, click the heart to, Give me approval. you know, it's like, show mm. me your opinion of this bit of, you know, okay, maybe it's a nice sunset or something you've taken a picture of, but most of it is of people or their experiences. So it's this whole creating, you know, some kind of image for approval or validation mm. and it, it just kind of feeds the beast of needing to know what other people think of us and wanting it to be good. Yeah, definitely. It definitely does. And then as soon as it's not good, we say, well, who? I, I don't care about your opinion anyway, <laughs> which I really deeply do. But And it's funny because it's that whole thing as well of you can get 20 great compliments and then one bit of negativity, but the one that speaks the loudest is always yeah. the negative one, isn't it? Like we hear that in, you know, surround sound and the others are like tiny whispers. Yep. I don't understand that. But it, but, it's, but it happens. It's It's... It kind of reminds me of in Pretty Woman when Vivian says the bad stuff is easier to believe Uh, and that's just Mm. true and it's when you don't have, when you have a low self-worth anyway, which is probably because of all of the thinking about what other people think, then when someone does make an actual judgment or say something to you, then it's very easy to believe because it just completely agrees with your own opinion of yourself, you know, and so... I think that it feed, they feed each other, these, these issues. Right. So we're pretty good at telling people how to let go of their regular clutter. How are we going to let go of this? Oh, this, is what, this one's too hard. Can we just? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the fact that we're talking about it and we're thinking about it is a good place to start. So by just thinking about, you know, what is it that I do with these just to please others and is there any way that I can... Um, try to be a little bit more authentic in those situations, whether it be, you know, only posting an Insta- only posting Instagram selfies with filters on, for example. You know, is that something that you could let go of? Or could you leave the house without mascara? Or could you wear the green socks to the supermarket? You know, is it something that, you know, you could think about changing so that you are a little bit more authentic? Or could it be something even bigger? Could it be starting that business, you know, that that someone thinks that you you think that people are think that you're bad at it or that you're not ready for it or whatever you know something big like that so whatever it is you know just being aware that we do these we do mask ourselves to please other people could actually just help just from the awareness of it mm absolutely some people that are smarter than us speak for yourself hard to believe, <laughs> i know <laughs> um have put some words of wisdom into the world. So um, we've got a couple of quotes here that we could read, which might speak to people more than some of our musings. <laughs> some of our ramblings. Um, the first one I found, <laughs> yeah, that's it. The first one I found is from Deepak Chopra, which is um, 
what other people think of you is not your business. If you start to make that business your business, you'll be offended for the rest of your life. I like that. Yeah. And you see versions of that all over the place, the what other people think it's not your is business. none of your yeah. business, you know. It's a good one. Um, yeah, that's a nice one to hang, hang on to. I thought you were going to say, like, to hang up in the back of your toilet door or something. Actually, that would be a good place to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that is good is if I wouldn't invite someone into my house, I shouldn't let them into my head. So that one's all about what strangers think of you, um, I guess, more than, than anything else, which is definitely a good thing to um, to try doing because I think of all of the people whose opinion does not matter, those that you don't know and that don't know you probably top the list. Mm, absolutely. You've got another one as well. Oh, another me. Aurelius one. Um, when men hate or blame you or say hurtful things about you, look deeply into their hearts and see what kind of men they are. You'll see how unnecessary it is to strain after their good opinion. So that one, besides being sexist um, because it says men instead of people, um, but, you know, it's 2,000 years old. Aside from that, this one really speaks to the fact that none of us are perfect I'll say that again. This one really speaks to the fact that none of us are perfect and that any judgment passed by us is definitely subject to scrutiny because of the fact that we have our own faults and follies um, as well. And so when you're thinking about what other people think of you, if you think about them and the fact that they will also have faults and flaws and insecurities it can make their opinion a little bit uh, less important to seek I like that another thing we could practically do I guess is practice some self-acceptance and for this I guess it's just because you can't really at the end of the day regardless of how much you modify your behavior or change who you are or mask yourself or whatever for the sake of other people's opinions you can't control them mm. at all so the only thing you can control is what you think of yourself so if you work hard to get to a place where you love and accept who you are that's got to that's got to be a really good place to start and that i mean that's really easy to say um accept yourself some people that might be a much longer road than others. Oh, yeah. But um, I think if you have good self-worth, you will probably find that other people's opinions of you matter far less than they used it's to. It's kind of a bit of a, like a, not a catch-22 <clears throat> or a vicious cycle there, isn't it, as well? Like it's like Self-fulfilling yeah, but, well, the, well, no. Where I was going was, you know, if your self-worth is high, other people's opinions matter less. But if but those other opinions can make yourself worth low <laughs> so it's that uh, kind yes, of okay. cycle uh, that you can get caught up in um, but yeah it could also be a self-fulfilling prophecy as well if you think that you are not worthy um, then everything that you hear or see will perpetuate and reinforce that for you mm. so and for some people to find self-acceptance it's a long journey you know um, some people need external assistance from someone trained to help them some people just need to spend a lot of time journaling and meditating some people just need to spend some time with themselves alone mm -hmm. without distraction um, to find some self-acceptance so you know 
I guess that's everyone's own personal journey to figure out how that happens. Um, I think another another way might be to to experiment. You know, wear the socks to the supermarket and see if you survive. You know, do the thing. Do the thing that scares you. And when no one bats an eyelid, your brain is less likely to get scared about that next time. Mm. And so, you know, the more you do these things, the more you put yourself out there. Now, I follow lots of people on Instagram who are non um, who are gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there there is one um, Alok, and I can't remember the name of their actual tag but a lock v menon or someone like that uh, and a lock is non-binary and non-gender conforming so it's quite a lot of body hair um quite a lot of facial hair and wears ball gowns and you know um lots of feminine dresses and all of that sort of yeah, out, out in the world and obviously they cop a lot of vitriol uh, vitriol but they're also putting themselves out there and being absolutely 100 percent authentic um and jeffrey marsh is another one as well who puts them puts themselves out there to be 100 percent authentic and of course some people do judge them because our world is a judgy world but at the same time they get to experiment with all of the good that comes with it authenticity Mm. as well Uh, i actually follow a lot of people who do this kind of thing who are non um, gender non-conforming and and other ways of non-conforming which i love and so i think that watching them is a bit inspiring as well because it's like well you know they're doing it and they're happy and they feel the best they ever have because they feel like their true selves and you know maybe if I tried that I might feel a little bit more like myself as well so yeah practice could do it too I think that that whole idea of challenging challenging yourself to do something that just pushes you into a place where maybe normally you'd be worried about other people's opinions and it might be something as simple as putting your opinion forward at a meeting, you know, like a work meeting or putting your hand up and giving an answer where normally you might be too reserved. You'd sit back because you think, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say what I think in case it's wrong and other people in my work team or my colleagues or whatever judge me or think I'm not intelligent enough or I'm off track Mm. or whatever, you know, just set yourself a little challenge that in the next two weeks, I'm going to put my opinion forward at a meeting and see what happens. And what is the worst case? And this is what we've talked about before. We mm. worry about, oh, the they'll judge me. Okay, cool. If people judge you, what then? What is anyone? Would anyone actually say anything? Probably mm. not. And if they do say something, what would happen then? Would someone then stand up for you? Or would somebody come in to support you? Or would that person end up looking silly? Or would it be as bad as you think? You know, it, obviously the stories don't all end well. But, yeah, Tell the whole story to yourself. What will happen then and then what and then what and then what happens? Um, and it's often not as bad as we think. Mm-hmm. So here's a personal story which is a little bit embarrassing. Not Well, okay, here we go. Here I am embarrassed already talking about something about myself. So there's this <laughs> total you're worried of straight away. Opinion because of I'm worried about what everyone's opinion is. Um, but, okay, so here it is for me. So I have been experimenting with not removing my hair from under my arms. Mm-hmm. And this is see, I'm see. It's already like straight away. A lot of women are like, "Oh, gross! Don't you, you can't do that." Anyway, so I have been. I haven't shaved my under my arms for a year or more, and I have been, yeah, basically experimenting with putting myself out in the world with naturally natural underarms. And I did that because <laughs> I used to grow the hairs under my arms over winter um, because 
who, my, why bother otherwise? Because I'm, is mm-hmm. it just laziness? I don't know, but I don't really care. And I just thought, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to shave this year. I'm, you know, and I think there was one time last summer when I did it. And that was because I was doing a corporate presentation and I was um, wearing a sleeveless top. And I just thought I couldn't, I couldn't do the whole corporate environment like that. I wasn't ready for the corporate environment. I mm-hmm. will try it, but um, I wasn't ready at that point. So I, I did shave once last year, but last summer, and I haven't shaved under my arms at all. And nobody cares, <laughs> which is really good. Like the corporate thing, they might have cared and I'll experiment with that another time. But I have actually found that it's not as bad as I thought. It, I used to worry that it would be this disaster and everyone would be staring at me, but I, no one has, even my husband hasn't commented. <laughs> like he, mm-hmm. no one cares, you know, and it's been really interesting because for for 30 years I thought that it would be the the world's worst thing is to have hairy armpits, you know. Yep. Um, and I still shave my legs because I don't like having hair on my legs. But I like having hair under my arms and so I've decided I'll do what I want to do. Um, and, yeah, it hasn't been as bad as what I thought it would be. That's awesome. I really like that story. Because it's, I mean, and the thing is, probably half of the people that saw you over summer would have been like, oh, I would have, like, if they've just listened to this, I didn't even know. I didn't yeah. even know. Like, who's looking at your armpits? Yeah, I don't think people would notice. And, you know, and I, I went to a client's house um, and she had natural armpits as well. And and I noticed hers simply because I was so happy to see. <laughs> and I'm so happy to see it whenever a woman has, you know, unshaved armpits. I'm really happy to see it because it's like it, it's just this, I don't know, for me it's a stand against having to having to be pretty and attractive and owing it to the world to be palatable to their eyes mm-hmm. you know and and for me it's like you know no one ever says ooh over men's under underarm hair why would they say ooh over women's yeah. underarm hair and that just made me mad and i just wanted to rebel against it um because you know, i just thought thing- it's not disgusting for men why would it be just why should why does it have to be disgusting for mm. women you know what and it's um, not i've found really quite liberating in the US is um, women at the pool in their swimsuits or bathing costumes or whatever you want to call them, they are so, you get every shape and size and people cover up way less than they do in Australia, which yeah. I found really unusual because I thought in Australia we're relatively progressive and... Yeah. We spend a lot of time outdoors and we're often at the beach or the pool or whatever. But I would, in Australia, if I was not in the pool, probably throw on like a shirt or like a little Mm. cover up around my waist, like a lower half sarong or something. And in America, I'm like, man, I should be wearing a bikini here because (laughs) everyone is just like... Everyone else is, And very... And I was, I guess, the first time I was at a pool here, I was kind of like, wow... This, I'm my eyes are hurting from checking everyone out because everyone is so well the appearance is they're so confident mm. or so not caring of that everyone is just having fun at the pool you know that they're not they're all in their swimsuits and they're like well I'm here whatever judge me or yeah. don't I'm here to have fun and everywhere we've been since and beaches and everything people are just out there 
and happy and confident and loving it. And it's like, I like this. I like this attitude that people have. Um, Because either they care that they don't care about other people's opinions or they're completely nonchalant or they're just embracing it i don't i don't know where it comes from or what it is but mm. it's awesome because or they're assuming that other people's opinions of them are good positive yeah yeah um and which, which they nice are because even if yeah because someone <laughs> is is you know yeah. um not what i would think of as a swimsuit model <laughs> in the traditional sense yeah. because well, they are owning it like them because <laughs> they because they yeah walk positively and confidently and own it and aren't like yeah like tugging at their shirt trying to cover up the little bits of skin that come out of the side yeah. of their swimsuits they just walk confidently. sitting up You're straight like, so that their belly doesn't their yeah belly roll it's doesn't like you are a swimsuit model in that because you're owning yeah. it you're like strutting yeah, yeah, around yeah. the pool i love it it's so it's yeah. so good and it really it took me by surprise i think so after and then it would have made you more confident as well yeah because i'm like yeah. I'm not covering up. I'm not going to be the person yeah. sitting here covering up because, and I, I look like the one because then I'm worried of people's opinions of me, of course, <laughs> that I am the one that's covering up because I'm not comfortable in my own skin. I'm like, if you can do it, I can do it. I'm out there. Yeah. Now I've just got that's, to that's hold great. on to that as I go back to Australia. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. I think in Australia we are, um, I think, I think we're a little bit more self-conscious in Australia than that. And there are, I mean, the younger generation, um, they are, they're quite confident, which I, I quite like that. You know, they're, the Gen Zs, um, they're out there and that's, and, and that's really good. But I, I remember being at, I think it was at SeaWorld and we were sitting down and I was, I had my rashie on, of course, because I didn't want to get burnt. So I was covered up because of that. But I was also kind of, you know, self-conscious about some belly fat. And this woman walked past me hold, um, holding the hand of her toddler and she was wearing a bikini and she had um, a lot of loose skin hanging over the top of her bikini bottom. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, she was just, she could not, couldn't care less about you know this loose skin it was quite significantly noticeable and then I looked at that and I thought like she looks fine what am I worried about like I've got loose skin or I've got mine was more fat than loose skin (laughs) but I was like I've got you know a tummy sticking out and she's got a tummy sticking out and no one cares like I don't care about her stomach and why why should I care what everyone thinks about mine so it was it was quite a confidence booster um, just seeing other people put themselves out there so that was that was good for me too yeah and I think a way to help us let go of this concern about other people's opinions is to remind ourselves that most people are so busy thinking about themselves that they're not worrying about you anyway. Um, Studies show that we greatly overestimate how much people are thinking about us. Like we're a little bit narcissistic that we We sit here thinking everyone around me is judging me, looking at me you know, forming opinions, actually no one's caring about me. They're all worried about what I'm thinking of them or what everyone else is thinking of them. You know, that's yeah. how we are. So actually you can just let it go and yeah. be yourself. And if someone is staring at you, they might be thinking something positive because quite often people catch my attention and I will look twice at them and I think, oh, I like that top or her hair looks really good or, gee, I like mm. his glasses or whatever. Uh, and it's quite often a positive thing that I'm thinking when I'm looking at somebody too. So, you know, we have to remember that someone might be looking at you and thinking, you know, oh, I, 
you know, I really like her tummy <laughs> or I really like yeah, her or- underarm hair or those socks. <laughs> Love those green socks. Love those green socks. Um, or like, and or you're sticking your hand up in a meeting and presenting your idea, and someone's looking at you, going, "Gosh, I wish I was that courageous. I wish yeah. I was brave I enough. I wish I'd thought of that to yeah. put my opinion out there without fear of failure, or you know, worry about what other people thought. And that's the thing. Mm. That's probably what people are thinking: is how mm. courageous, rather than, oh my goodness. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like when I saw, you know, I think I don't think I'm, I think I've mentioned this before. Seeing someone dancing in the supermarket, I reckon we have discussed this. Yeah. And I just remember watching them, thinking oh, that's so cool, and I wanted to dance with them. Mm. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking anything bad. So the last thing I would say, um, and this is going back to that episode that I listened to, and the guy on there, Ben Crow, he um, mentioned that if you're working on this and trying to let go of fear of other people's opinions is that you can try and create your own personal philosophy which sounds tough but shouldn't be too complicated basically you just have to come up with some kind of guiding statement that is true for you which expresses your values maybe the essence of who you are and your purpose Um, and that when you find yourself in a situation where you're trying to change or mold yourself to other people's ideas or when you're finding yourself consumed about what someone or a group of people might think of you, just recall the phrase or your personal philosophy or guiding statement or whatever you want to call it. Remind yourself of who you are, and that should kind of reaffirm your belief and your self-worth, and then hopefully your worry about other people's opinions drops away. Yeah, I really like that. I might listen to that podcast episode myself, actually, because... I wouldn't mind getting some more information on how to do that little guiding statement. That'll be mm. – does he go into any detail on how he, to do he that? He gives a couple of um, questions Examples. that you can ask yourself. Yeah, So cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So there is something that I'm worried about other people's opinions on. Uh, we, have to have, we have to have a discussion now. <laughs> we have to have a serious talk. Listeners, we need to talk. <laughs> Uh, yes, we do. Uh, so Tara and I thought now might be a good time to let you all know that we are going to be winding up the podcast and that our 200th episode is going to be our last so, for now. Never say never? Yeah, never say never. Definitely, definitely a break for a while. It will, by the time we hit 200, we are just a few weeks shy of doing this show for four years. My Which gosh. is pretty insane when you think we've done an episode a week for four years and that people are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm always surprised that people listen. <laughs> um, but it never we, ceases to surprise me. Yeah, I think we've both um, got to a point there's, there's lots of competing things going on in our lives and places, different directions that we're going in um, and – areas which I feel are just pulling our energy at the moment that are separate mm. from the podcast. So we don't want to we don't want to be that show that goes on way past its best before date. Yeah, we don't want to be limping along there, you know, with a care factor of 0. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insulting to anybody who makes the time to listen. And so I think, you know, we thought 200 is, you know, a lovely round number. <laughs> We're both laughing now because 
<laughs> what were we up to when we decided? It was about 175 or something. Yeah. And so for some reason, both of us at the same time, without really consulting each other, <coughs> both started thinking that perhaps 200 might be a good time to finish. And Tara broached it with me and I ended up laughing because I said that's exactly what I was thinking. And then we were actually thinking, you know, that's and that's not very far away. And then we realised how many Well, like, that's a whole other half a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was quite, yeah, um, it seemed like it wasn't very far away until we actually added up how many weeks it was and then it seemed like it was a long time away so uh, so now it's coming up a little bit closer uh, and we'll be finish up in in August yeah so um and um, we will the episodes will still be here for you to listen to um, yeah so it's not you know if you haven't if you haven't We're caught not up on anything off of, mm. on all of them um, they will still be available. And we've still got some good episodes coming up between here and the end, things that we still wanted to talk about and still want to share with you. And like we said, it's it's definitely a, a break and a significant break, but should mm. things change in the future and we feel like we've got the energy and the space to put back into the show, you never know. There might be a new season. Yeah, you never know. Um, or there might be like a little reunion every now and then yeah <laughs> we'd go hey let's do it let's do an episode um but it, and, uh, knowing knowing me this is like when I'm not meant to be doing the podcast is when I'm going to want to do it <laughs> and I'm going to have all these ideas for different like oh that could be an episode so oh, no I'm not doing the podcast anymore but uh, so there might be a few where we we sort of overcome the resistance to recording and we and we record one or two but the but generally we're saying this is this is um, we're winding up and we're finishing the the podcast, but I will we'll probably also re-release some old episodes into the feed um, so that you might not have to go searching for them as well. So we'll also be um, sometimes releasing things so that um, you're if you're subscribed, they'll be fed straight to you. You don't have to go searching for them as well. So we'll keep doing that for a while too. Yeah, and we might do some kind of trip down memory lane on uh, our two hundredth. I don't know talk about mm. some of our what of our favorite episodes maybe or some yes thank goodness you deleted the blooper reel to start with when we first started recording Beck was Beck had uh, a blooper reel of all the edits all the things she was cutting out of our shows I had a few yeah but t- what Tara doesn't know is that I've actually been doing um I've been keeping another one no have you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I shouldn't have said that but I ah, have such well, a fear of other people's not, opinions, Beck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I think definitely uh, I will be a little bit more attentive to the blooper reel in coming weeks because I think I'll need to collect a little bit of fodder for that. Uh, we can't not have a blooper reel. Blooper reels are funny. Um, yeah, but it's been it's been pretty cool. I'm not going to get all sentimental now. I'm pretty sure we got time for that coming up. But we did want to let you know yeah. a few weeks in advance. So we just didn't want to drop the news on you at, mm. you know, the final hour. So we thought we'd give you a few weeks' notice. Um, but yeah. we'll still be around. Our Facebook community will still be around and we'll still be helping people in there, showing up in there. And um, Yeah. Yeah. The website might not stick around, but if – we will have the Podbean one stick around at the very least, so there'll still be a central place um, on Podbean if we don't, if the website doesn't stick around forever. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Okay. Well, 
come and see us in the Facebook community. Firstly, we want to hear about your FOPO or FUPO. Um, and if there's something or behaviour or a practice or something you find yourself doing because you're concerned of other people's opinions or if you maybe have something that um, you have used to help you get past it and what that was. Yeah, so we hope to see you there for a chat and we will see you here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.